Welcome to the comics table. Hey, everybody. We're back at the table. The table's set. The glasses are out. The silverware is here. We got Sweet Pea. I'm uh, Sweet Tea. Well, I'm Sweet Pea. You're Sweet Tea. That's right. It's nice to see you. I'm pointing at you. People should be able to hear that. I know. I know. It's nice to see you. Are you doing okay today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sick. Uh, why are you still sick? Oh, because it's the same night as our last episode. That's right. That's an industry secret, guys. What are your symptoms? You didn't tell me your symptoms. Um, AIDS-like symptoms. Are you getting yeah. fever? Is there any uh, rashes? Uh, severe. You, you always kind of look like you're covered in a rash. Right. So severe I can't immune depression. Uh, bruises. Um, bruising. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about what about scratchy throat? Or no, it's just it, a sore throat. Is it an achy? It's just a literally sore throat. Where does it hurt when I touch you here? Dr. Patrick Holbert. Yeah. Uh, I should have been a doctor. What am I doing? I know. You You would have cleaned up with your doctoring. Uh, you know, some people do call me the love doctor. Uh, in my mind. Nobody calls me that. Uh, it's great to see you. Good to see you too, buddy. We have a great episode today. Uh, we have a lot of new sponsors that we're excited about. Yeah, who's our Who's our sponsor today, Patrick? Uh, well, it's the Man Grooming uh, Beard Trimmer. Uh, the Man Grooming Beard Trimmer yep. by Norelco. Yep, Norelco is our sponsor. Mm-hmm. They They know we both have beards, and uh, that's how we're paying the rent now. Is with that's these right. big corporate sponsorships. Basically, what you do is you just hold it over your beard. It doesn't actually touch anything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then you just go out. You know, go out to the world. Yeah, it worked really well for you. I noticed yeah. your edges are are exactly where they were before you had it because it doesn't super tight, yeah. super tight. Yeah, they always a lot are. of vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Norelco is the sponsor. Norelco. Please go yeah. to norelco.com. We don't have any sponsors for more information. <laughs> we I don't know if we'll ever have sponsors, will we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, because will? because eventually the the twenty five people that listen to the podcast they're all going to tell somebody, and then we will have fifty people. It'll be like Patrick, to this yeah. podcast. Patrick's mom downloads the podcast at least a thousand times a day. Yeah, so. and when she gets the gals at mm, church, accidentally, yeah, when she gets the gals at church listening, they will all also have similar technical difficulties. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, why wouldn't Norelco want to advertise to them? The comics table supported by technical difficulties and Norelco. Yes. Yeah. Great. Uh, I still have the, the sound effect machine. It's really, really challenging. That was a yeah. challenging episode where you busted that out, and now this is your, your second stab at it. Yeah. yeah, the crowd is here. They've been, you know, they're hot when they get clapping, and then you don't hear from them again for no. an hour. Mm-mm. Uh. Why don't we just get right into our guest today? What do you think about that, yeah, I would Patrick? love that. We have a wonderful guest. She's looking at us like, what, what, why did I do this? What have why I gotten I myself into? What have I got myself into? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod, Sarah Toloma. Sarah, welcome yeah. to the comics table. Hi, it's, guys. It's so Thanks good for to having you. me. Yeah. I just saw you in the lobby waiting to get started. You were reading a book. What, what is the book you're reading? It says, uh, I just started, it's We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. Which is... By... Because, you know, I don't want to just leave. People might want to read it. Yeah. Samantha Irby. It's just short stories. It's, you know, like kind of in the vein of like a David Sedaris. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I love that title. We are never meeting in in real life. We're never meeting in real life. Okay. So I guess that, that maybe it means something than what I applied to it. Earlier I applied a meaning to it, but that sounds like internet meeting. Like... Well, I've, I'm into this second essay or mm-hmm. short story, and, I, and now I'm gathering that's what it is. It's about internet It's a lot of meeting stuff. people online and in real gotcha. life. Yeah. I thought it was about it, – it, it made me think of this thing. You know, like you grow up and you see people on the street and say, we should get coffee, we should hang out, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then it's like, let's just all be honest. We're not hanging out anymore. <laughs> with an actual friend and it's like of course I want to hang out with you but like he's a dad with two kids and he lives all the way out in Long Island mm-hmm. and then I have a day job and comedy as well as other stuff and a relationship as well that you're just he keeps texting like hey guys we should yeah. really get coffee one time and I want to be like that's a really sweet gesture but it's really not going to happen yeah and uh, unless you can add make the 24-hour day a 26-hour day, Yeah. Uh, then maybe we'll get coffee. But I think although that's kind of like a bullshit thing that happens in urban environments, right? Like I feel like if we all lived in the country, like when you said you would get a coffee, you would really 
actually do it. If Even I was in the was, suburbs, yeah, but I think it your would take life so is, much effort because you'd have to drive and all that kind of shit. Like whereas now you could just like walk to it in like yeah. ten minutes. But 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 we don't want to. But do when it you're in city. different boroughs, it's and then my thing is like with friends meeting like new friends. I'm like if I don't see you at my job or at comedy, mm-hmm. usually to make friends, I have to see you in like a place seven times in a row. Yeah. It's, it's always those are the only ways that I have like organic relationships. I think yeah. we should point out since it is you know I don't know if it's too early in the podcast, but it, it, you did just get married, didn't you? And I did. to another comedian, I did. Which is you know well, I have a specific <laughs> question relating to what we were already talking about with the the wedding. Yeah, did did that person? Can we talk about this Long Island person? Did this person go to your wedding? No, but I have, <laughs> he's a comic and he was one of the first people I met and he was so, you know, he's so yeah. friendly and nice and I en- always enjoyed hanging out with him. But like your just lives are just going off into different directions. I just found with our wedding, it really became a filter of like who's really important to you. <laughs> like who's. <laughs> and who, it was hurtful. Like, it's hard. It, it is hard because there are people from your past that you're like. You know, I really enjoyed our time when we hung out together back yeah. then, but like I haven't really talked to you in eight years. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had the exact same situation with a person texting and calling saying we really should get that coffee or you guys should come and spend time with us, whatever. She lives in Westchester with, with a child and a husband. We were college friends. And this was, I think, Tristan, you, you may have counseled me during this time. I don't know if you remember it, but I had to actually break up with this person oh you oh, yeah, did it i did it and it was oh, wow. really, a friendship breakup i, I don't think is the, harder i can't do it it I was can't. horrible you know what i talked to people for a couple like it was a theme in my life for months or like it, what happened was i proposed to my wife and i all of a sudden i was like i don't think like we have to be so discerning and i and i just had to confront like i don't think we're really friends me and this person i don't think we're on the same page and so I started to try to just do the peel away, which, yeah. which that's how you, that's how adults do it. You just sort of peel away, which I think is fine. Yeah. And no feelings are hurt. You don't have to say anything. Although I feel like that used to be something that you could do back in the day when there wasn't the internet and you'd have to have somebody's physical telephone number and you could do the peel away and it was just like easy to not kind of connect. And then it just didn't happen yeah. with internet. Like somebody can always come back and always find you and always get in touch with yeah. you. Um, for me, like I have never been able to be like, Hey, you're, you're toxic to my life i'm going to literally tell you that we can't be friends anymore yeah so i admire the fact that you're able to do that but at the same time like i would feel bad like hurting somebody's feelings i felt horrible it was horrible i felt so bad but it had to be done because all the i did research on blogs i read a lot of blogs and and the one thing that kept coming up was if the other person thinks you're on a different page than you actually are uh and and you're trying to just sort of phase out and they're still not reading that, it has to be said. Because if yeah. it doesn't get said, you'll just continue this like pattern of like, because I'm a people pleaser, so I don't want to hurt anybody. So I'll, I will show up for the yearly coffee thing just to like not hurt someone's feelings. And eventually my wife just started calling me out on that. And she's just like, this isn't a real, this isn't how friends behave. Like, yeah. It's not a real friendship. Yeah. And there was this whole other layer of dysfunction. Like the, the person. Was it toxic? It There was toxicity. Because oh, mine's not toxic. It's yeah. just like timing wise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I emailed her as kindly as possible. Within two hours, I had an email from her husband. Oh my God. Which was three just fucking borderline violent language there back to you me go. like go fuck yourself dude you go chase fame go go uh whatever you know i hope you find your friends and in, in whatever like she's always been a good friend to you all oh, this horror well, like, in retrospect it was, like, is there harsh. a better way to do it do you think is there a better well, way I, that shows me as a sign that that is a toxic relationship yeah. because it, tre- if it was a breakup and the opposite sex or whoever you were dating mm-hmm. doesn't have to be opposite sex i don't know why i said it but i'm yeah. just speaking from personal yeah but um, if they responded back to me, I'm like, you're fucking psycho. Yes, exactly. And that's how I felt. I honestly felt like, well, I guess this is all the information I need is yeah. that she's not writing back at all. I mean, I will say she called me within minutes and I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't pick yeah. up. I was like, I need to, I need to be on the phone with other people. Cause it was, I hated sending it. Like I'm, I'm not a person. I'm just so, 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of shame talking about this. I didn't expect to talk about this, but and but yeah, just, you are insistent upon getting into. That's yeah. one of those ones that like I, I have to talk about. The I shame. wouldn't know how to do it either, and I would have to probably go to therapy to figure oh, out what I, tools I need. Yeah, I had to work it out with other people for a, a, before I did it. After, right after I like after I hit send, I had three. But here's dudes the thing: I think call. it's something that sat with you because you talk about this every so often. It's in your mind. Yeah, I think I think there's like a level like where you felt like I had to do this, but you also feel like bad about it. I feel real guilt. Yeah. The thing is, she needs she Ross, my wife, has this running joke that I am the only friend to quite a lot of people. <laughs> like I'm a lot of people's only friend. Okay, in their mind, they think. Oh, he's really my friend. You're not just my only friend. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I like, I, I have so many acquaintances, and I like people, and I like, I'm nice to people, and yeah, I think there's lots of times an incongruity between they think we're really close, and I think, oh, that's that's my friend so and so, or that's mm-hmm. my buddy so and so, and yeah, I think I just feel a lot of guilt about that. That I maybe led her on for 16 years, you know, and that's shitty. Like that I'm not, I'm not free of blame here, you know? So, uh, having to then spell that out to her felt really crappy. Well, I have one or two friends that have been friends of mine for a long period of time that are pretty toxic. Like when we hang out, there's really, there's almost like no reason to it. Like it's like, we don't have anything in common and it's just kind of like you're, this person, you're in this different place. You're not, you know, you don't bring any like positivity or anything p- good to my life at all. And like, yeah. I don't really have anything I can offer you, but it's still like, I won't not do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll just like, it's, it's his, suffer through it, you know? But it's do like, you think the other person's thinking that and they're, I don't know. It's very having... possible. Yeah. It's very possible. They could be thinking the same thing, you know? I, and that's, that's the worst thing. It's like, we have two people and they're like, oh man, we just, there's no, we don't connect as friends anymore. Maybe did 10 years ago, but like now, now, but like neither people can kind of pull the trigger and be like, this doesn't yeah. work as a friendship, you know, because yeah. you have, you have like, you know, you have, I, every friendship I've ever had that like somebody that I'm still in touch with, there was some like solid foundation that made that a friendship at some yeah. point, you know? Oh yeah. I think it's a relief when the other person is like, like you, like there's one buddy of mine that I did not invite to my wedding that, that him and I had a very close friendship for a while. But it just it's just like, you know what, I haven't talked to him in two years, like maybe not, you know, and like now he's getting married and I you know, I'm not invited to that and that's I'm like, this is fine. Like if I see him on the street we'll probably like have a really nice conversation yeah. and catch up, but it's just getting older. This stuff's hard. Oh my it's completely hard and most of the time I want to ignore it. Mm-hmm. So your your wedding was on. it like a like a bigger wedding, a smaller wedding? Like how many people did you have to cut? Um, it was a bigger wedding than I intended, but it was, I think it still ran on the small. Well, it's like I, we kept it at, it was 50 people we invited and then you have to take in consideration of people's plus one. That's a, that's a small wedding. So that doubles to about a hundred. Yeah. So we were at the hundred mark. Yeah. Um, it seems like from what I've seen from like all the people I know that have gotten married, it's it kind of always ends up around a hundred, like either that or you're going crazy with like two two fifty, mm. yeah, or too, or that's like too much. just me and my immediate family. So there's like ten people. Like, see, that was yeah. what I would have preferred, right? But like Joe has like a bigger um, family base mm-hmm. than I do, and also I say I have a smaller core friends, but I'm more like a it's I can hang out one on one with them, where he's more of a social butterfly mm-hmm. i think he's easier to like t- keep in relation work on relationships more than i i yeah. do but he do also doesn't like- have a day job so i feel like that allows him time to like meet up and create events you do have a day job i do what do you do i'm uh i do like light bookkeeping for property management okay yeah, it's, what is light bookkeeping like? Like pay stubs and like timesheets and stuff like that. Yeah, well, light, like light I'm accounting. Is not heavy, right? Like, yeah, I'm not like closing out um, corporations yeah, and like, yeah. uh, you know, liabilities and credits and debits and stuff. But I make sure uh, all the invoices are, you know, entered in correctly, and we're not paying off of statements. And then, like, is it? Are you interested in that kind of work, or are you just like fucking kill me? Just if I can pay the bills. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I don't make any money in yeah. comedy. 
<laughs> so you got to do a day job. Very yeah, few of us yeah. do. You have yeah. to pay for your dreams. And actually, do you mind if we talk about that a little bit? Like, like it's yeah. so interesting. I think people, it's uh, some people that don't know anything about comedy might not understand. Like, like you were on the Late Show this year. Yeah, you've been on Comedy Central. Like you've toured the country. Uh, you've had lots of big stuff in your career. Yeah, decent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Very, more than decent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how I'm like, you, when is it going to end? Well, how, like, do, how does it end? How have you seen it end? We don't, we don't know. We're like, we're. I'm three and a half years in. Like, I'm, I still realize I'm very new at this. How have you seen it? Like, what does change? Like, uh, somebody takes you under their wing and you go on tour, or like, how, how do you, how do you? quit the day job i don't know i should probably have taken i think earlier i should have made a push to do in my earlier days to feature if i could Mm. give advice how long have you been doing it for years like 18 now really yeah since i was 21 houston yes so 16 16 or 17 um but i don't count the first eight because it was in Houston. You only go up like once a week. And also I was just like a huge booze bag. Mm. Yeah. Well, and some people, that's what the ends up comedy ends up being for them is they just, they go out and they tell a couple jokes and they get fucking shit faced. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to take it to the next level. So I felt like when I moved to New York and then it was within a year here, I realized, oh, the ones that are doing really well are actually just like not drinking at every club that they're performing at yeah. mm. and staying out late. Like they're just working nonstop. So it was a conscious decision to quit drinking. And then you just realize you just have to go up at least at least once a night. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about your persona drinking versus not drinking? It sounds like you're saying you quit drinking. I did. Okay. Yeah. Which I don't, I, I talk about it. I don't. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't. It's fine. I talk about it, and I'm open about it. All right. So so you you haven't. So it sounds like you drank for eight years of your comedy, and then you stopped. Did you just stop? Are you like in the program? I'm in a program. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't work it, but I I did for the first four or five years of you know the step work, and I still go to meetings like maybe about once every few months. Mm -hmm. And but when you're on stage in your first eight years, were you like raging on stage at all, or because like now your style is very, it's very almost deadpan. Yeah. I, don't, I, I hate telling people what I think their style is, but that's like, all right. It's but fine. you're fucking hilarious. Like you, oh, cry, we had you on that taco show. Yeah, that's great. Side. Like everybody, like you were the comic. Everybody was talking about the afterward, and you're just so great. And we love you. Oh, Tristan's thank a fan. You guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But but there is like a deadpan quality to it, a sort of like, a, a, I guess consistent energy. Was that different? Was that were you performing the same way when you started? Yeah, I was. Okay, pretty much so. And you know what? I didn't really drink before shows, yeah. even when I was drinking. Yeah, because I always knew it was kind of an issue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or that I would have to quit later on. Because I've always known once I started drinking, I just knew that, like I drank differently. Yeah. yeah. So it was after my set that it was just like yeah. later. What is drinking differently? <laughs> like what? It, what was that? Like what was the signs for you? Well, some people don't know. Like some people don't know the, that yeah. they're a mess. Well, you know? I felt like I just always had. I felt like I would just watch all of my peers and people I went to high school with just like be able to get up in the morning and go to their job. And for me, waking up was always just like an issue, and I had major depression. Like. You know, sometimes I would sleep till four in the afternoon and I felt like that just wasn't, I I was like, I don't think successful people are doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And then like drink to blackout or like it always would be like, let's go have a few. And then it would be the the night, the the craziest night where I'd wake up in my hamper or I was barfing (laughs) in somebody's backyard or yeah. Waking up in a hamper, there's something very, just the wicker. Yeah, a wicker ha- a hamper. It's so uncomfortable. No, it just, I remember because one night I had my friend. It was after we got back from New Orleans and I didn't even do any. I, New Orleans seemed like a bust. And then I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to have too many drinks. I just got back from New Orleans. And then for some reason that night in my in the suburb that I grew up in was way crazier where I just woke up in a hamper. Like I don't even recall like even getting home. Yeah. But yeah. you're just like this. Ah! 
Yeah. Holy shit, where am I? Yeah. yeah. You're like taking this like inventory of like what's around you. Yeah, what, you don't know. My house? Recall anything. Yeah. yeah. Does, does Joe drink? He did. Oh, not anymore. He's he sober as well. Oh, okay. And he drinks. He drank the same way that I did because I dated him for a year while he was drinking. Oh, interesting. And you were sober at the time. I've heard him, I was. I've heard him joke to, to that effect, like about the way I guess he drank at one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. had some epic stories that was I thought were probably were some of the hesitations that I had when I first started dating him. Mm. He but, shot in a girl's shoe. And I tell that because <laughs> I, he's talked about it on oh, yeah, other yeah, po- that, podcasts. That so story I'm not, is insane. Uh, but so that's interesting that you, you, you guys survived that year and it, it sounds like you guys have an amazing relationship. Yeah, it's uh, great. Cause that sometimes that doesn't work out. How long were you together before you got married? Um, probably close to six or five, but he, we were engaged for two of those. Okay. So, um, I didn't give him an ultimatum. He kind of, which was nice cause I don't feel like those ever work. No, no, no. no. I, like you're just making someone up angry and I mean, upset I'm, with you, and you're like, it's it shouldn't you shouldn't have to ask for stuff like I, that. I quit from an ultimatum, and the stopping drinking stayed, but uh, the relationship got worse. Yeah, I, mean, I just always resented that she took away everything I loved about my life. You know, <laughs> like that was my identity. Like, yeah. uh, so that relationship was doomed once that that was the the deal on the table. You know. Yeah. It, because I've had moment other relationships in the past, and I've even talked to a therapist about it. Of like, I'm just not a huge fan of ultimatums. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. just feel like if you're having to do that, then maybe you're not in the right relationship, or it's not the moment for you. Yeah. Um. But he came to that, um, his sobriety on his own terms. That's amazing. Good. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's good in the program. I sometimes actually he's way better than I am now. Even years later, like he's pretty consistent. So did you guys have a dry wedding? No, I, I would never do that to our guests. <laughs> no, 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 it's no. rude. I feel yeah. like people come all that way to celebrate. At least you could pay them back with food and drinks. And right. plus, at a wedding, most people don't know each other. A lot of people that you got to slick the wheels yeah. a bit for them. Sure. Booze is amazing. Like I, I love booze. Even I can't drink it. I love booze. You yeah, know, I think I it like, works wonders. That's why you yeah. can't drink. <laughs> I like people that are two drinks in. Anything after that, because then it makes them less awkward, which takes the yeah. feeling off of me. Yes. And then, but after the, the, when you're hanging out with people that have been drinking, do you ever have this where you're like, you're at a party, you're probably at the three hour mark. And then you're just in your mind. You're like, why does it feel weird all of a yeah, sudden? Yeah, and then yeah. you, it hits you. You're like, everybody's wasted. And I stay too long. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely. time to go. Yeah. yeah. Like, like why is my aunt kissing me on the mouth? Like she thinks <laughs> this is like loving behavior, but like, like, no, stop kissing the corner yeah, yeah. of my mouth. I hate that. Or repeating stories <laughs> over a, and oh, over again. That was a reveal yeah. right there. <laughs> it's a very specific thing that happens. Yeah. It's really weird. Why is my uh, aunt touching my dick and why am yes. I 10 years old? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I do, hmm, I do one. I, I'm so curious to see, uh, like, because you're, this theme of like, how do you make this work as a career? Uh, it just does seem like, fuck, like something's got to, the, the, the day job thing, like getting out of the day job. I don't is, know. I submit for packets. I try to get yeah. on shows. I could probably quit with enough that I make from spot pay, but. What, I a, what is spot pay for those of us that don't know? Also, if you're working at a few of the clubs in the city, they pay you money. Oh, spots. And, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you got like, you know. 50 bucks, 25 bucks, but you know, some, some weeks you're working every night of the week. I've only ever gotten paid for hosting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that pays more than most for just regular spot pay that you can actually make a living in the city, but I have medical debt. So I have to, and credit card debt. It's like you have to make real money. Like, yeah. So I have to, I, and I'm at an age where I can't just be like, Hey, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. I think if I was in my tw- early, early twenties, it would be, a, I would feel not uncomfortable, but for them just be like, I know I've been doing this for like 17 years, but like, could you really, Yeah. it just feels a little yeah. selfish or not adult. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's I tough. I feel guilty. I felt guilty about it, but like when I probably in my early twenties, my parents stopped really paying for anything for me. Like after, like after I was like sixteen, like I went to boarding school and I'd have to like work for the summer to to have stuff to you know to have spending money that kind of thing. And then actually, in, in all fairness, my mom helped me with like like rent a little bit, like when I was first getting into college. But then they were just like, all right, we're cutting you off. And um, like, so I was like trying my best to get along. But like, there was just times where I was just so broke. I had nothing. And then my grandmother would swoop in mm. with like a couple of G's. And yeah. like, you know, and, and I was always so thankful. But I also felt like I'm like, I'm never going to be able to pay you back this money. Yeah. You know, like I'm. They're fine with that. I feel like yeah, if she, they wanted you to pay it back, they would have said I it. Well, I actually tried one time and she like, she wouldn't cash the check that yeah. I gave her kind of thing because that's what grandmothers do. But, but I always like, she was like, she was so supportive and she would always like help me through stuff like that and like come in, like swoop in with like, you know, a big old check. Is but she I the, still, she's that to, like <laughs> hilarious old bag that you've told me about. Oh my God. Yeah. She was the best. And she's no longer with us. No. I feel like you got to really do some material about her. Maybe she, she probably admires your your goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like some people really are like, oh, I wish I had the guts to do it and you're doing it. So here's some money. Mm. You know, I really kind of came into myself like as she was kind of falling apart as a person, mm. you know, like where she, you know, she's just, she went blind and deaf and, you know, just in constant pain. Like she was in real bad shape for the last couple of years because... Cause she just, you know, she she had a great life, but I think, you know, she didn't exercise and she ate and drank and did yeah. whatever she wanted to do, and um, I think that caught up with her at the very end, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so like when I really started coming to myself, I feel like she wasn't like a hundred percent there for that, unfortunately, which is a real bummer. Like, um, it's still something that I like kick myself, like why couldn't I have got my shit together sooner so she could have been proud of me, you know? Yeah, oh, she's watching. She's yeah. watching. <laughs> she's you listening. Know, she's listening to this podcast. She, she, she would say like her mother would always leave her pennies and stuff. Like oh, she'd find pennies like oh, my mother. Oh, that's sweet. And my now my mother says that like she's leaving her dimes. Like, yeah. She's like she's upped it. And I would love. Low inflation. On one hand, I would love to believe that. But on the other hand, I'm like, you're too awesome of an individual to have to fucking hang around leaving change for for your loved ones. Like there's got to be. Yeah. Another symbol. Uh, yeah, that is, I like what you're saying, Sarah, about like finding, maybe that's what we need to do is find benefactors who, uh, are like happy that they're supporting a comic. Maybe that's like a, yes. a social network we can start or something like those guys that pay for girls to get breast jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sugar daddy. Yeah. Like a sugar, da- a creative, like a sugar daddy for my creativity and my art. Well, I always thought, you know, like you read those articles about Lady Gaga's family front like they pay help pay for the first album that she produced yeah. and I, and it was a lot of money cuz they're actually financially pretty well off. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking I was like god if my parents put that much money into they would have made no money back. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, comedy does They would have lost an investment <laughs> and I would have felt so bad. Yeah. Are you close with your parents? Really? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, really close. I call them once a week. Yeah, I know some people are closer, but I, I adore them. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I go months at a time. I'm I'm the worst at communicating. I well, I just feel bad, and I always, you know, they start going to get into a certain age. I'm sure they'll hate that they think they're at a certain age. Yeah, but you never know. Like I taught my dad sent a text Saturday morning. I guess my mom accidentally drove over a hunk of metal on the freeway and it ripped over her gas tank. And oh so she just spilled all this gas and she didn't know that she should get out of her car. So she pulled off and was making phone calls until this guy was like, you need to get the fuck out Holy because shit. this could blow up really easily if somebody just flicks a cigarette. Yeah. And so there was that, like that moment where I was like, oh, my mom could have just blown up in a truck. Jesus, and that's so scary. So I was like, to make sure I've talked to them in the most recent forms and that it ended, our conversation is always on a good note. Yeah. 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 Wow. I uh, think everybody should take that like advice though, because I, you know, you if, never know. If you're sitting in always... a pool of gas, get out of the car. <laughs> yes. That advice. But I mean, also just like, you know, keep in touch. Keep in touch. Um, I always think it's sad when like family members like 
like cut each other out or things know? were left unsaid. I don't get yeah. that. Oh, well, I, I, I get it because sometimes like there's certain people that even though they're family, they're just fundamentally incompatible as people. Or they're sick and right. It's, it's almost like getting back get to like a first conversation we were having, like where you have somebody in your life and they're just poison to you. And like some, sometimes, unfortunately for some people that's a relative, but yeah, for me, it's like, I'm always going to try to make that work with a relative, like, you know, yeah. they're your family and, I don't know. You know grudges like, are so weird, and that my family. Well, I don't hold so, on. I, I don't hold on to grudges. I mean, I don't believe in that. Yeah. Well, you're you're a Buddhist or something. You're you're a spiritual man. No, I just like what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Like, what is the what does it get you? Life's too short. Yeah. Like, what does it get you when you're angry at someone to just fucking hold on to that and just be angry at that yeah. person and expend all that energy being angry yeah. when you think about them? You're angry, and then it's like ten years later, then you talk to them and you're like, oh, what the fuck was I even angry about? Yeah. And yeah. And then you're like, you oh, I lost all this time. Yeah. And and we're and we're not close anymore. We don't have a connect. You know, it's just like, I I just don't see the point. Yeah. That's good. I don't know. I feel the same. Yeah. But I and I wish everyone in my family felt that way. I luckily I'm not stuck in any weird grudges, but I've like sort of observed things amongst cousins or whatever aunts, uncles, and it's just like. Like, it's always this weird thing of like, wait, so who is talking to who? And are they talking to them right now? And will I see them at Christmas or are they like back on, off again? Like, yeah. it's always this weird running tally of like, like a score. It's like a scoreboard. Like who's, who's, who's even. You know, I want to, I want to know what it's like to be in a comedy relationship where there's two comedians in a relationship um, that, you know, like obviously like when we're doing co- comedy, like there's various people in the scene that like end up you know, hooking up or dating yeah, or whatever. Yeah, of course, it's natural. But, like, it doesn't typically always lead to, like, so so much so that you guys get married and everything. Yeah. So um, I think in, in that sense, you guys have, like, a kind of, like, a nice, unique kind of thing. And I'm wondering, like, what that kind of relationship is like. I mean, like, how does that work with, like, two people? Or do you think it's not really any different than anything else? Well, I I think it makes the most sense if you're a comic. To date another comic. Mm. Why? It's, I think Sarah Silverman had a quote. It's like being gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would, if you're gay, why would you try to date a heterosexual? It's yeah, just yeah. like, this person, this comic is going to understand your life so much better yep. than anybody else will. Because in a normal relationship, I, at least I, from what I've known from my guy friend, guy comic friends that date, girls that aren't in this business or some kind of form of it. It's a lot of, um, well, you went out last night mm-hmm. and then you're right. like, I got to go out every night. Right. And mm-hmm. also like, a lot of times what we do, it's only about a few minutes every night. Right. And then some people, which I think is kind of shitty if they don't have a day job or some source of income coming in, especially in a relationship, it can be a burden, but it's just hard because they're gone. People are gone a lot. And then, you know, you it's kind of their that, passion. Right? Mm-hmm. right. Like if, uh, you know, I, I've heard a lot with people and this could be in like any art form where it's like somebody like, you know, let's just say for an example relationship, this girl's like really into this guy because like, oh, he's a comedian or he's an artist and yeah. like, that's sexy. That's, that's kind of like, that's interesting. And I like that. But then after they're in the relationship for a period of time, then she begins to kind of, uh, see the reality, see the reality, <laughs> but also just like, specifically like despise the thing that she was initially attracted to about him because it's like, Oh, it's, it's like, I have to compete with this. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, like this is part of who I am. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to compete with the fact that I have a certain color eye or, you know, or whatever, like, especially when it starts getting, you're getting closer to like the 10 year mark there. A lot of people are just like, Oh, I didn't know this is going to be your like life thing. Yeah. Like they think that you're like, I'll let you try it. Or yeah. See they how might it even goes. be quietly like rooting against you, you know, <laughs> like, like once he totally fails at this, then we'll get married. Yeah. Then they'll you do know? the real thing. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've seen, I'm, you know, like comics move one of, they move up to New York and then I feel bad for their wife that has, they didn't want to come to New York. Yeah. Their whole friend base is in whatever town they're from. Yeah. And then it just puts a burden on the relationship. They ha- they don't have a social network like the comic does, mm-hmm. and so they're 
You know, it's just like a... Although conversely, is there some level of competitiveness because you guys both do comedy and it's like, oh, you're getting booked for this, so you're getting this opportunity and like, do you, is there ever kind of anything like that? I was to him for a while because his career and my career, his was doing so well mm-hmm. and then mine just felt like, like he would be getting calls, well, of like getting amazing shit and then I'm just like putting a fitted sheet on and it's not working. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) are just like doing these shitty open mics for like the sixth or seventh year in a row and just not getting anything. And you're, it just makes, it really puts a, um, magnifying glass on stuff or at least on your insecurities. Mm. And, uh, he, we had to have a conversation about it. Meaning like he can't hide stuff you know what i mean like he's gonna have opportunities yeah like meaning like he yeah he has to be able to like talk about it mm-hmm. and so i got that and, and i be understood excited it. About it yeah right without yeah. worrying if i'm gonna just like fucking yeah like punch a hole in the yeah, wall because yeah then, <laughs> then there's a resent there could be a potential resentment of like you're resentful because like you're hiding this from me and then he's resentful because like i have to hide this from you like, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that's where a lot of the spirituality of sobriety and all that kind of stuff hopefully helps. I don't know if like that's good. Yeah. I mean, I just learned from like you just keep your head down and keep working, I feel like is the best advice, especially because it's not just him. It's also like when you're on Facebook all the time oh, God, and you're yeah. just Facebook like being reminded about like me. But it's also you have to rem- you have to try to remember no one's putting the shitty stuff on Facebook. Yeah. You know, like they like there's so many people I've talked, "Oh man, I'm doing this show, I'm doing that show." And then you talk to them, you're like, "Nobody was at the show." Yeah. 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 It was a total disaster and it was awful, but it from perspective of Facebook, it looks like they're just fucking crushing it and they've yeah. been doing it for yeah. a year, but they're already getting these big shows and stuff. Yeah. Um and but it's really, you know. Yeah, it's just yeah, cuz I'll think I'm like, "Sarah, you just put up something great on Facebook the other day. Like, what do you yeah. So depressed about like it's just the way that things are presented. Yeah. And then when you it's just like I'm on Facebook too much, but I do enjoy it a lot of the time. You're very funny. You're one of the funniest humans on oh, And you were and Facebook, you were getting so. like legitimately like big opportunities though. Yeah, but it's just like I'm a, I get annoyed that I'm still working my day job, so I have those moments of like, oh man. Yeah. And it's not like I'm I'm not like I don't think I'm not jealous towards those people. I'm more of like what am I doing wrong? Like I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what I can do to get out of that. And I'm like, God, I wish I was there or in that, in that position. But going back to Joe, he's so supportive that there's no, I don't think there's not competition anymore. Or I don't have like those resentments just cause I feel like I'm doing a little bit better. Would you ever do anything well? like, Oh, you're going on the road. I'm going to try to see if I can get a gig in the, the area at the same time so we can be together. Kind he of thing. takes me on the road. Yeah. Yeah. When but I do can, you do, do you gig when you're on the road with him? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. When I can, except feature work doesn't pay anymore. Like mm. airplane tickets are sometimes more than what you get paid. Oh, so you're, and, and you- I lose money from my job, my day job, not making there's, there's that. So Sometimes oh, I'm like, I have to pick and choose when yeah. I can go on the road. I don't know what the fuck that is all about. So I, I guess feel like, the club would prefer to yeah. hire a local feature. Yeah. And and if you, if you they probably, so is it like, but they used sure, to pay you more, can come they? feature. You can make a living being a feature. You think you still can or? or? I think it's pretty hard unless. Because I, I feel comedy is more popular than ever. Like I would think, you know, it would, it would. Yeah, so is, so if it, it is more popular than ever, then every town, every city's got a batch of like great features. So the club can say, "You can come, sure, Sarah, you can come feature for Joe, but like we're not, we don't pay for your flight." Is yeah, what you're saying where he'll he'll throw, you know, pay for my flight to go out, and then you is guys that, can have like special, like that's a great time. Yeah, to, and I get to work on yeah. longer sets and work on, you know, because I want to jump to headlining because that's where the money's at. But that's the other thing you have to take in consideration of like, so if I was going to headline, who's coming? Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of times people get like, um, people that have a huge social media presence because it's easier to to draw draw seats. I just had an, because I remember years ago when I would go back to Houston, I I would set up a night where I could do a headlining set or co-headlining and I just... 
remember it was a Sunday and I think it was during a, maybe a breaking bad season <laughs> finale or some football too. Yeah. And I had four people show up and you just realize you're like, I got to get more people to come. Yeah, I had yeah. get either TV or like start a podcast or you just have to get the word out. Did you that notice you're funny? Yeah. So like on like your late show spot or the, uh, Adam Devine's house party, do you, do you see that like on Twitter? Like do people, do you get like, can you see results like concrete results from shit like that? Not so much on Twitter anymore, but, um, I think through Facebook and then also maybe through Instagram. Mm. Um, but no, I didn't really feel like I got a huge spike. And I get more of a spike of someone really like um, like a comic friend that has close to 100,000. If they retweet a joke, I'll mm. get more followers that way than That's I would so from a TV thing. I, or you get yeah. it more from doing a really popular podcast or right. well, it'll you, be they, a slow watch crawl. Your spike oh, tomorrow. Go. It's going to be fucking <laughs> it's insane. Gonna be, you and Joe might have to leave your neighborhood. Yeah, you'll get like, at least 10 more followers. Just lay low for a few weeks and let it blow over. <laughs> I don't, but I don't think people are on Twitter as much as they used to be. Yeah, it's... I, well, you know, it's a shame because I think – well, all right. I go back and forth because on one hand when Twitter came out, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of because – Oh, it's the best. I, well, it, I, I realize the the benefit of it now. But at the time, I was like, there's already all these other things that do this plus a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But then I realized like, oh, there is something to the fact that it's just this one simple thing. And I think the thing that made it really special – was that it? Like everybody globbed onto it, so like all of a sudden you can have like dialogues with celebrities and things like that in a way that no other um, social media platform kind of allowed you to do. Yeah. Um, and something like yeah, Facebook of course could do all the things Twitter could do, plus so much more. But then everything kind of gets lost in the the Facebook nightmare. Uh, oh you know. yeah, I think with I think logarithms are a little bit different on Twitter now. I have a feeling you do your joke. I've noticed that the retweets only last for close to 30 minutes and then after that they're dead where I felt in the past if you had one really good tweet you could feel the Ride spike for a week. You yeah. could. Yeah. It yeah. close to like a few days at yeah. least and I just have a feeling that now it just gets pushed way to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Same thing like Snapchat was huge and then now that Insta stories took over that same kind of platform. Mm-hmm. If you've noticed Snapchat I noticed my Snapchat views dropped by 50%. <laughs> I love that you're so on top of that shit. I'm, I'm, because I'm just on social media all the time. Because you know, I have a lot of time. You know, this is the thing. I'm, I realize more and more, and I've had this conversation a lot. That you, if you want to kind of build a following, and if you want, like, it's not just having great jokes and having a set. Like, you have to have some kind of presence out there in the world. People know who the hell you are. Mm -hmm. And the only way that people are doing that these days, well, one of the main ways people are doing that is through building their social media presence on. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those other things. Um, but, you know, it's sometimes it's hard being the person, that kind of person that does that shit. Like, I, always, I always feel crummy about myself. I always right. feel like, God, how much, like, am I promoting yet this other but like some thing? Of my, yeah, but some, you know? some comics I know, they're killing it on there. Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily doing anything more than I'm doing, but they, in terms of their actual sets and whatever they're doing. Yeah. But their social media presence, it looks like they're just having a party a day, you know? Well, the ones I feel like that always do the best are the ones that are highly opinionated. And it Mm. doesn't matter if they're um, opinions that you are great opinions or, I mean, all opinions are subjective, but Mm -hmm. like ones that are agreeable or disagreeable. Mm -hmm. And I've, I feel like people that have like a really strong point of view do really well. Although it drives me absolutely (laughs) fucking nuts on Facebook because because something will happen in the world and then everyone will be like, I'm going to take a hard stance on the yeah. most obvious, <laughs> you know, stance that you could take. Well, there's so many lame people, right. but then you come across a Tim Dillon post that just is so a breath of fresh fucking air. entertaining. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's how that's how it should be done. Uh, yeah. And I rarely I'm like, yeah, he's got this right. I'm like, this is an insane point of view, but it's yeah, hilarious. It's satire. It's yeah. best, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Tristan, about the, just reading the same fucking point worded differently. Yeah, oh even 200. God. I even have just like a stupid joke about that where it's just like, 
you know, the typical things like some girl that's like, you guys, um, if you're for killing babies, I'm, I'm really against it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just not for yeah, killing like, babies. No one's for you know, that. Like, and yeah. It, yeah. It's just like, nobody's for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trump's um, stupid. We get it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like a fresh take on that one. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm so, I feel so strong though. I'm going to write 15 paragraphs about it. <laughs> yeah. So. Sarah, I want to ask, uh, you're from Houston. Is, is everybody okay after yeah, the my, storm? My parents were one of, um, in my town, we're in a subdivision that didn't get hit. I'm one fully of the against few. hurricanes, by the way. Yeah. They're dicks. Okay? Yeah, fully they're so them. bad. <laughs> well, that's good Good to hear. Yeah, their, uh, their story was quite different, but I knew a lot of people. I'm on a... Um, it's crazy. It's crazy some of the damage that happened out there. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I, I joined a little Facebook group. It's not a. It's actually pretty big in my hometown. Of keeping up with the flood updates. Oh wow! It's because yeah. it's a constant progress of like people are basically just camping out of their houses right now. Oh my now. god! Um, Has the water left? The water is left, but um, it's still there's still piles of garbage on everybody's street. Um, well, that's the craziest thing you don't think about is just like just it smells like shit. Right, oh. like everything just gets mixed together and it's just like fucking it's chaos. It's like yeah. hot and it's, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's still like, hot and uh, I'll be hot until yeah, yeah. November. Oh, and God. it also ruins a lot of local economy, which is pretty sad. Mm. People were in um, didn't even have flood insurance because they were in areas that they weren't didn't think they were in a floodplain. Oh right. God! And they weren't because it didn't show up. It's because you that's what you look up when you buy your house, what plane yeah. you're in and it'll let you know. So a lot of people, a lot of um, businesses, I felt bad for those because at least like, I don't know, they like one of the businesses just started. And so they put all this money mm. in there and then it's like completely gone Brutal. with no flood insurance. I mean, that's uh. that can devastate you for 10 years. Yeah. And then for like, a long time. And then yeah. there are people that are actually making money off of these disasters, like who are coming in from out you oh, know, yeah. like up north and they're like hey we're we build uh we build temporary homes like yeah or, like we'll get all the electricity working again give us a five million dollar contract yeah like i i went i i was shooting for this documentary thing in haiti after the earthquake and there were all these press conferences where company after company were literally sales pitching these people who were devastated by the earthquake on like Here's what we do. We can build these kinds of tents for this amount of people. Here, like passing out business cards, it felt so gross. Yeah, like that's it's a money making. I mean, I guess people have to have. It's just part of the process, but uh, it's yeah, like it's crazy. I guess as long as they're not like gouging people, right? Because that I would notice that on the in the Facebook group of um, people like contractors over quoting mm. but a lot of that's the nice thing about facebook they'd be like don't go to this contractor because he overshot us yeah in his quote and stuff like that well it's nice that your parents survived the storm but uh then your mom almost died in a goddamn <laughs> gasoline accident i know but i was telling her i was like mom what a cool way to go is to be blown up hell in yeah. your truck hell yeah just a ball of fire <laughs> What does she drive? What do you mean a truck? She drives a Ford F-150 that That's, she's had for 20 years that she loves. It's going to go out like a Steven Seagal movie. Those are a big. That's a big piece of machinery. It is. She loves it. What does she do that she needs a truck like that? She lives she in Texas. She's an IT. <laughs> what well, was the truck done though? Is it, if that was the one that would get the gas? Well, um, she she had a, something happen recently, and the insurance company was lowballing her. They were going to give her money for the full truck, but she just rather just got a new transmission. Um, I got hit by a car. Like I was, uh, I was, I had a skateboard cause I'm a child and I was in like a beach town on a straight road, um, in the bike lane going with traffic, all the things I should be doing. And some asshole just turned right into me, just smashed into yeah. me. And that the fucking insurance, their insurance company has been dicking me around for months, like trying to not pay me anything. Yeah. Like, it's like, sorry, your client hit me with their car. Just like I wasn't even there and they're like, you know, and they're like, but it, we, it's kind of your fault. You know, it's like, mm. no, no, it really yeah. wasn't. These company, they're crooks. Yeah. Oh, insurance is bad. Cause that was the thing with flood insurance in Houston is so when you buy your house, uh, they, the money that they give you is not the value of what you bought it at. Mm. It's what the value, value is then. So like in Texas, nothing really goes up, especially in Kingwood where I'm from. So 
people, what they bought, their insurance that they're getting is way lower than what they originally bought their house because they're getting the depreciated value of it. So it sucks. Wait, I don't understand. So it's like the value of it now that it's been destroyed by water or the... Like, what it would be at that selling at that point before the flood gotcha. happened. Yeah, gotcha. So, you know, they're all short, like 50,000 maybe How, sometimes. Uh, gotcha. Let me ask you this. How would you avoid a, a southern accent? I don't know. You get it from your friends, but um, I know you get your accent from your friends. Hmm. I, I have no idea. a lot of people from Texas that don't have any kind of accent and it blows my mind. It's like specifically like the cities, cities of Texas. Hmm. Cities don't get it. I think when you're in the outskirts of it. But I will tell you, the more I've been up in New York, maybe it's just the difference of what I hear now. When I go back there, I'm like, God, when did my, some of my friends pick up the biggest yeah. hillbilly accent I've ever heard? <laughs> but I'm like, maybe it was that all along. And now that I'm just in New York, now I can hear yeah. Yeah, the difference. How long have you been in New York? Since 08. Since 08. Yeah. As you've been doing comedy the whole time, like what was your what kind of um, what kind of stuff did you do to get started in like to do comedy in like you had already been doing obviously eight years in in Texas, and so when you got here, like what what did you do? I uh, I think the first place I found was the creek in the cave, uh-huh. which I always think is like just go there, yeah, and sh- figure it out from there. You'll you'll find because it's just like a beacon with a lot of other comics, and then you meet. Those people like minded and was there like certain was there specific like in your mind like specific points that you can remember hitting where you're like okay I'm at the next phase or you know that kind of thing or is it just like so gradual it's hard to see that well it is so gradual at least I felt um for me because you you can sometimes I would be like God I'm not even I don't get booked on a show I'd be like maybe one once a month and then all of a sudden. Um, you just start noticing, you're like, God, I'm getting booked for a lot more shows, which is great. But I think it's just because people start to know you. Right. I think, cause I, for at least in scenes, I think it's more about, are, do people know who you are rather than if you're good or not? Do you, I mean, do you ever have to do mics at all? I still, I was thinking about doing a few this week just, uh. But was it like was it was there a point that you can remember hitting like how far along were you in it where you're like you know I don't have to do mics if I don't want to like I can, I'll do them because I want to but I, I don't have to I guess in the last two years really yeah um, just because I started working shows on like from a day to day basis what was like the first TV credit that happened I th- um well, I got Last Comic Standing in '08 before I moved here. So, but that didn't do anything. That's so funny because you're like, oh, I wasn't even technically really mm. doing comedy, but then you're doing Last Comic Standing. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. I also was really bad about taking advantage of that. I should have. How far along did you get with it? I got to the night round. I got TV airtime that was in a good light that I felt like would have helped me probably get into clubs a little bit faster if I had how was more you, how could knew you how to maneuver advantage it. of it, do you think? I don't know, dropping it a little bit more or putting it on using, knowing what Facebook was back then, like right. putting it on Facebook or, or like finding like, the people who were interested in you from seeing you on TV, you know, wouldn't have been on Twitter or whatever, but there yeah. was probably some way to know, some way to connect with new people. Maybe emailing some managers, yeah. getting a list of that. Like sure. I didn't know, I was so clueless and I still am. Like I'm so envious of people some people i feel like and it's not just comedy but in life i just feel like some people have a handbook mm. and i never got it mm-hmm. yeah i know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, I like I feel how like would I'm... you know to do that right. like it doesn't even cross well, my I, mind I put, for stuff i like put that. false rules on things yeah like i mean you can do this and you can't do this but n- nobody there's no actual rule but no. i just i like impose that upon myself upon what i can and cannot do and i think that sometimes that that limits you. And then yeah. there's other people that are just like, fuck it. There's nobody said I can't do this. I'm going to do this. And then, you know. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, people put rules all the time. Like, I remember when it kind of like Twitter was becoming a thing. I remember one comic called out another comic for doing a tweet on stage. And all the comics were like, no, fuck you. Well, that's what we do. Like, yeah. of course we're going to do that. So sometimes these people in the community put these like self-imposed rules. And right. then you're like. But why is that a role? Like, I know some people get grossed out if you 
say retweet a compliment on Twitter, but at the same time you're like, I always say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I mean, people got to make a living. You can't get mad at them. It's yeah. not that unethical to do some of this stuff. No. And, and like whatever, whatever gets you there, as long as you're not being a dick about it, do whatever it takes, right. I think. And that specific example just seems lame to me because it's like if you, if a fan, you know, that's a fan. And if you, if you engage them, if you like a fan, that they'll become a fan for life if you retweet something they said about you. You know, that's just like good customer service or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Or know? like some people get mad if you take a screenshot of your tweet and put it on instagram but i was yeah. like there's people that are only on instagram that don't do twitter so like yeah you got i i say you got to do what I you do gotta think do that's stupid i'm like just fucking use the social media channel that you're in <laughs> i think it's lame i think it's, i know but why <laughs> I, I get it and i have those same feelings yeah. and i don't do it but i'm like it's rude to impose these rules on other comics yeah it's just good. It's best, probably best practices to not like get caught up on. I that wouldn't. Shit. Like, yeah, have, it's have the feeling. Have the feeling. Yeah, whatever. Would, right. Rant about it with. Your I would friends, never tell a comedian go. not to do that. Yeah. But when I see it, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. No, me too. Ugh. Or yeah. when they do like a joke on Twitter and then they take a screenshot and then post that in Facebook, yeah. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. No. Fuck I'm, you. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I I totally agree. But I'm like, hey, it worked. I mean, like there. I get weirded out. I don't know if like to put stuff on Reddit because you can't really put anything of yourself on Reddit. You got to get somebody else, but it can be quite effective. No, yeah. That's they, how you get a lot of Twitter they do followers. Have, like, those stand up snapshots or whatever the fuck it is where people yeah. have like a picture of themselves and then they like put like other one of their jokes over top of it. Yeah. And they post that for themselves all the yeah. time. I've done, a, I've done a few of those that actually was, did give good results. Like, like people like dog it or whatever. Uh, but then I've done some where it turns into people just like pitching new punchlines. Right. They're like that. Uh, and it's just well, like, here at the oh, very yeah, worst, you're workshopping, want... you know? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But then there are comics who that's how they've made their career. They've built a, a real following that way because yeah. there are comedy like geeks that don't want to be performers, but they see themselves as a part of it in some deeper way. So well, yeah. I always think about that guy that got like a writing gig, I think on Seth Meyers, and he wasn't even a comedy guy. He was like an IT dude. Oh, but yeah. But he had yeah. like. I, I actually follow him on Twitter. Like, he has an awesome Twitter account where he just would always have, like, really, really good jokes. Like, yeah. And he would, like, tweet something every day. He had, like, thousands of followers just by word of mouth. And so when they were putting that show together, they were like, who's this? They were trying to look at, like, non traditional places and they just reached out because they're like, this guy's got, like, 50,000 Twitter followers. And, and is they, consistently putting content. Right. And they up. thought he was in show business. He wasn't even show business. He's like, no, I'm an IT guy. Yeah. And he ended up moving himself and his whole family to New York, and he's doing that now. No, that's amazing. Yeah. And he'll be on next week's episode of The Comics <laughs> Table. Uh, yeah, totally. What, uh, um, what was, like, your first, uh, um, like, what? Uh, so you've done, I don't know all of your credits. So, like, you've done Late Night. Like, what? Um, you've done Comedy Central. I did Divine, Adam Devine's House Party. And then I did The Late Show with Stephen Colbert recently. And then Access TV. And then I've had two stints on Last Comic Standing. But was, not like super high up. What was like the most like amount of pressure? Like to like... Because I would imagine being on any kind of gig where you're going to be on TV has got to be like, holy fuck. But... Well... I guess the last comic standing stuff is because it's kind of like the, that was the first time I really had done something at that caliber. And uh, I got you, I just got really nervous for it. Sure. That kind. But for some of the other t TV stuff, like they've already chosen. You already cho got your set chosen for right. that. Like you've been working it on it for a while, right? You can always add it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of it's not live. So if it doesn't do well, they they can sweeten it. And then um, I think I've gotten more nervous for showcase auditions for like Montreal mm -hmm. because that is like at that moment that fucking counts. Well, how like, was, how was you have to kill it. How was Late Night with Colbert? Like what was that experience? That one was, um, it was really cool. And probably like the one thing, it's almost, I could just quit comedy and feel happy about doing where you're like, well, at least I did that. That feels nice. Do you truly nice. feel that? Yeah. I mean, I would like more, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But like... We were just... I, I'm, I'm not... I don't mean to put you like on the spot. We were, we were just having yeah. that same conversation with Danny Palmer. Oh, like, yeah. what is... 
the ring the bell and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Thank you. And actually, it's so I feel lame for saying this, but in the comedy Bible, uh, Judy Carter says, like, think about when you can quit. Like what? What will make you quit this business? Like before you even start, think about like what your goals are. Yeah, but if I could, uh, I mean, I'm, what I'm getting from what you're saying is not like, oh, I want to quit after that. But no. that, that you're like, you if, could. If, if it if it ended tomorrow, I would have that. Yeah, and I yeah. would know that I'd actually done something. Yeah. Because like if I quit tomorrow, it would mean nothing. Like I would disappear into nothingness, <laughs> yeah. and no one yeah. would remember yeah. me or anything I've yeah. ever done. Yeah, well, like Joe and I always talk about like if. We were on a plane crash. Would your name even come up? Oh, my God. That's dark. <laughs> Was this honeymoon plane conversation? No, but that's always, you know, like, that's I, out of humor. Not that we're like, yeah, that's yeah. what we're going for. I, I do have a joke that, like, if you're on a plane with a celebrity and the plane goes down, like, you're like, like, because I was on a plane going from L.A. to New York and Keanu Reeves was in up, up front first class. And I was, and, the, and the, the flight was really rocky, and I'm like a totally nervous flyer. Yeah. So I was like, holy shit, if this plane goes down, like the news is going to be like, Keanu Reeves was lost along with 150 piles of flesh. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about you at all. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, kind of related, but I remember watching this music documentary about of this punk scene. I think it was in New York, and one of the lead singers of the this band committed suicide. And the day after he did it, or the day of, John Lennon got shot. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, You're not going to be yeah. it, like me- I, memorialized no. as much as you probably were I think for you secretly and Joe, hoping for. <laughs> I think for you and Joe, if you guys were to die in plane, a plane crash, the only way your names would come up is if it were on the same plane. Yeah. If it were, if it were only one of you, it would never... <laughs> It would never be commented on, but something about a married com- comedy couple dying in a plane crash is very newsworthy. Tragic. Yeah, very not tragic. funny. It's got a good. <laughs> did you guys? Did you, the yeah. day the, the day the laughter died? Yeah. Did you guys go on a? But not really. Uh, did you guys go on a honeymoon? <laughs> we did. Where'd you go? We went to Laguna Beach. Nice. It was great. And then Joshua Tree on a whim, and I loved mm. it out there. I want to go back again. That's like like the desert of California. Yeah, right? it's yeah. like a two-hour drive. Did you listen drive. to the U2 album while you were... No, tempting, though. But <laughs> we did listen to, like, I don't know, a lot of, like, Laurel Canyon musicians and, uh, like, nice. L.A. artists and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, How long did you go? We went for a week. Yeah, that's nice. Um, it was a lot of fun. Did you do any um, comedy while you were out there? No. No. No, I mean, we were, like, we're so close to L.A., but... It seems kind of, it would be kind of sad of us to fit in comedy. It was really yeah, nice no. not having I, any obligation. I think obligations. it's really healthy to take a break, uh, like especially for just a week. Like I did a set. Yeah. Nothing's falling apart with that. I know. did a set on my honeymoon, and I regret it one hundred, <laughs> like a thousand percent. <laughs> it was like the worst part of our honeymoon. Where it, did you guys go? We went to Tulum, Mexico. Okay. There was a show, a bar show. A guy was running in um, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. It was an hour drive, and I was like, hey, I got this booking. Do you mind if I do it? She's like, yeah, let's do it. It'll be fun. We went. We see Jocelyn Chia, the comic that we all know, and uh, she was there on the same show. (laughs) And uh, I think this guy barked in maybe six people. It was all Americans. It was fine. And it felt like at first it was like, oh, this is is cool. This is going to be fun. And like I just – it just it didn't go well. And I was just like, why did I – why would I open myself up to the chance of being – punched in the gut with a bad right. night on stage on my honeymoon why yeah. would i why would i make that the, cl- the closest i came to that was like i was at a wedding and people there knew that i did comedy and we were on like a huge like bus with like a lot of the people from the reception and there was a microphone in the bus oh, so they're like do do comedy and like everybody's drunk i'm drunk oh, so I'm like sure <laughs> you're like so keanu reeves is right, on my plane right so i'm doing my fucking bits in like this fucking party bus it was awful and once you everyone was like what the once fuck once you didn't that? immediately kill they're like what the fuck is right, this guy exactly. doing and yeah. i'm like what the fuck am i doing yeah. why am i doing this oh comedy's hard it's so stupid but it's amazing too right it is amazing but there i'm sometimes i'm like it's still hard yeah you there's times where i'm like i think i got it i mm. think i know mm-hmm. how to but do but then this. the very next set you're like yeah, and then you're just like, I'll walk home late at night being like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is crazy. I had so a, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I had a micro version of that this week in a very con- encapsulated week. I 
started doing this story on last Saturday. And I was like, I don't even know if I really want to do this story. It's like too vulnerable, too revealing. And then the next night I did it again and went really well. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe this is a thing. And then every night it got progressively better to the point where I'm like, oh, I found all the punchlines. I can't believe this is going to be a thing that I'm talking about. And then uh, Saturday night I went up on a mic where nobody could give two shits about this thing I'm and talking about. you laid about. your soul out on the line. Yeah, and I said all these things out loud and I was just like, fuck this, fuck everybody. Like, I just went home with such an angry feeling toward comedy in general. Yeah. It's like, God. I mainly just get more mad at myself of how I handled situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, bombing's natural. It's like, sometimes I'm really comfortable with it. And then there's other times where I'm like, I feel like you lashed out at the con at the audience and yes, it was it's unnecessary. Harder yeah. It's harder when you know specifically where it went wrong and what you could have done differently. Because yeah. I know I know what I did incorrectly Saturday night and I'm so pissed at myself that I wasn't aware enough in the moment to just do it. Yeah. And then pivot to whatever. Yeah. It's it's brutal. It's obsessive. Sarah, I have to break in here with our our music as we we, we we head out. Um, do you want to promote anything for for the folks out there that that may be listening? Yeah, listen to Vag. The Vag podcast. I was just listening today. It's very funny. Thank you, Adrian Appalucci, and you are match made in heaven. She's a, one of the funniest. She's great, great joke writer. Um, yeah. It's our podcast. Adrian Appalucci and I do it. We drop. I always release an episode late, late Tuesday night, but really it's there for Wednesday morning and then um, once a week, hopefully. And sometimes we can't get it. Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, or Twitter, because I love Twitter. But Facebook is fine. I'm just worried about... We'll I don't a, accept a lot of people, because a lot of... Yeah. There's been weirdos. We'll have all of your links, so people can check it out. And then you can accept whoever you want. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. You're so funny. Thank you yeah, for yeah, spending so for much for coming yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing you on more late night shows yeah oh, hopefully yeah. <laughs> alright I'm Sweet P I'm Sweet T you've been listening to the comics table and we'll talk to you soon bye bye bye